0: Kevin McCarthy's true coalition partner on all things of substance has been the Democrats this Congress. He worked with Democrats on the debt limit bill, and only Democrats are really campaigning on that bill. That's
1: just part of what Representative Matt Gates had to say before the next day going to the floor of the House of Representatives and filing the motion to vacate, meaning Speaker McCarthy should no longer be speaker, all of this because of a continuing resolution that was passed clean, if you will. But even though it was clean, it still did not give Democrats everything they wanted, it did not give Biden everything they wanted. Yet, there were definitely Republicans who voted no, including in the Senate. One of them being Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, always good to be with you. Senator Mike Braun joins us right now, uh, the senator from Indiana, also a candidate. Uh, for governor in the state of Indiana. And, and sir, let's first talk about the continuing resolution itself, not the motion to vacate or anything about that just yet. You were joined by Senator Marsha Blackburn, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee out of Utah, Rand Paul out of uh, Kentucky. One could almost describe them as the usual suspects. What about the continuing resolution was unacceptable to you?
0: So uh, we also had a couple newcomers, J.D. Vanson, and- Eric Schmidt, uh, that just recently got elected. So we're getting more. So the problem with a CR is it's the same song and dance. Uh, we've used that mechanism, Tony, in now the fifth year, this has more drama to it simply because, uh, we have a slim margin in the house, but leadership in general, they like CRs, uh, because then first of all, we haven't done any budgeting that we've adhered to in over 20 years, I've been on the budget committee and it's like a useless appendage uh, to the U S Senate because there's discussion on woke issues. Generally, nothing about reforming the place. So when you do default to a CR, you got to remember this whole journey started October 1st, 2022. So over a year ago, it's not like it snuck up on us, but they use it to cloak the system where most senators don't have any uh, part of what we end up with use the government shutdown as a threat for urgency so anybody that's voting against the cr is voting against the general dysfunction that it represents so what it did do in this case there was enough uh, concern about the southern border among republican senators finally and There it went against what Schumer and McConnell wanted to do, which was to pass our own version that would have uh, had uh, Ukraine aid in there, very little attention to the border because Chuck Schumer's not interested in that. So that's kind of the general backdrop of where we're at. And Kevin McCarthy would be of any of the leaders uh, the most willing to stick his neck out to say that something's got to give, but there are enough uh, conservatives there on the fiscal side, roughly 90 of them, that uh, said otherwise, and you can see in the U.S. Senate, there were only nine of us, even though another 10 generally would not like the dysfunction we've got. They generally won't buck leadership.
1: So the, the no was was predicated on the fact that dollars went places you didn't want them to. But as, as I read the continuing resolution, nothing uh, about this CR added money for Ukraine. So was this a Ukraine conversation specifically? It was a
0: border uh, discussion as well, which is the first time here recently. That's risen to the level of importance and... It needed to address those that want uh, more U.S. aid to Ukraine, but also don't want to decouple it from the southern border, because politically, most Republicans and most Americans would probably figure what's happening down there is probably of greater significance of what's happening in Europe. That's not to dismiss it, because it's a potential powder keg, looking at it from Several different angles, but, and then it's all couched in the fact that when I got there five years ago, we were borrowing a trillion dollars a year record territory. Now it's a trillion dollars every six months. So probably most of the Senate senators voting against the house bill, that was a statement on sooner or later, that will be the biggest issue when you throw Medicare trust fund going broke in about four years. Uh, Social Security trust fund at about nine. And we've known both of those uh, items for decades. Not to mention, if you're good at arithmetic, the amount of interest we're going to be paying on the Biden budget of $42 trillion in debt in five years, $52 trillion in debt in 10 years. So it's got a lot of moving parts to it.
1: Talking to Senator Mike Braun, you can find him at Braun. Senate dot gov uh, let's go back to the continuing resolutions that they first wanted to put forward where you saw the the whether you want to call it the freedom caucus or others saying no to it those certainly had uh, some more teeth it's not that i'm supportive of continuing resolutions but those would have had more teeth were there any of those continuing resolutions that you would have voted for
0: no because all that spending tony is not baselined on where we were pre-COVID. And that is the big thing that Americans have got to understand. You know, we now have the federal government at way over 25% of our GDP. It's never historically been outside of a war over 20. We never raise in revenue more than about 17 and a half or 18%. So that is the reason none of us that really believe that is the biggest issue facing our country for future generations will vote against it and that's on principle so um, all and these crs by the way remember are the result of doing no budgeting and even appropriations that's all cloaked last time this occurred we had a 4100 page bill dropped in our lap i think two months or so after the end of the fiscal year with two days to read it uh i mean and a, 140 in the morning so all of those are the real ways that this thing works so you got a lot of different reasons i was happy to see there were at least 90 uh representatives a far greater percentage of the republican party there that says the aggregation of everything we've talked about is beyond the pale and until we start doing something we're going to have more of it year after year
1: so let's discuss what it would take to get ourselves some spending bills you'd be okay with because in the deal that Speaker McCarthy set up with President Biden, 12 appropriations bills, each one of them individual as opposed to some amalgamated mess, have to be passed. If they are not passed, then you have a 1% cut across the board, including in defense spending. This is sometimes referred to as the penny plan, one penny out of every dollar. Therefore, it's a 1% cut uh, across the board. These appropriations bills, have you taken a look at them, garnered any any thoughts on them? I believe three or four have been already passed by the House of, of Representatives. So the first part of the question is, have, have you looked at them? And secondly, do you approve of this idea? Was, was McCarthy right in setting up this standard?
0: So two things for it to get my vote if it would come to the Senate. And number one, Tony, it won't pass there because Chuck Schumer would not allow it to pass, and he'll get 10 to 15 Republicans to come up with a counterpunch or proposal. But if it took it back to pre-COVID spending, whether you did that through the penny plan, uh, I took a balanced budget um, bill that gave 10 years to get it as a privileged motion about a year and a half ago, and 17 Republicans voted against it. So a lot of it, Uh, Yes, if it had true reforms, like a no government shutdown bill, which leadership won't bring to either uh, chamber, or a no budget, no paycheck bill to put some real teeth into it, in other words, reforms, I'd vote for something like that. But if it's voting for something that looks like it's a cut, but it's based upon uh, spending uh, post-COVID or somewhere in between, I'm not going to go for that. No one should.
1: Does this mean that you would favor Kevin McCarthy being removed as Speaker of the House?
0: Not necessarily, because that's a political
1: thing that whoever would take his Let place. Let me interrupt for a second. I rarely do, so okay. Let me interrupt. Not necessarily a political thing. If the argument is that we're not getting enough cuts, the argument would be that the leadership, meaning Kevin McCarthy isn't bringing enough strength to the conversation, convincing enough members, pushing back and working with yep. those conservatives that you are hailing in the House, and therefore it's a lack of leadership. I don't know if that's necessarily two different things.
0: Okay, and you got a good point there, but They'll have to wrestle with that among themselves. My point is, whoever would replace him inherits the same thin margin with no Democrat interested in budget reform, and I don't know how that really changes things. And When I look at what Kevin has done, he has been, of the four leaders, uh, of course you know where Jeffries and Pelosi, they orchestrated all this with Schumer. And then McConnell has many times been on board with this, especially if it's got the military component in it. So I don't think you can see that there's going to be any real solution if he is replaced, and that is for them to figure out. I don't know the inside scoop of what he has done, what he has backed off on. They'll have to figure that out. I just don't think it'll make a lot of difference.
1: When you see what Congressman Matt Gates is doing, certainly while you don't have to have a, a vote on this, it would be, I, I think, surreal to think that there's no thought in the Senate about what uh, should happen. Is there a feel in the Senate that Gates is right and McCarthy should be replaced?
0: I would say in the Senate there would be more of a feeling, not necessarily representing mine, that McCarthy has done as good a job as he can given the situation. And I think in this case, um, they'll have to decide whether there's anything to be gained by changing the leadership. And that is nuanced because of what you observe and all of us do, even in the Senate, you don't know who is going to be for or against a given move that would come from the speaker. And until he would have more protection with a bigger uh, majority in the House, we'll see in 24, then I think you could really measure him for whether he's more part of the problem or he's more part of the solution.
1: Talking to Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, candidate for governor in Indiana. You can find him at Uh, braun.senate.gov. On the border conversation, it would seem to me that after watching Governor Kathy Hochul in New York talk about how we need to uh, be working on the border and slow down. It seems that it's open in her words and everyone's coming in, which is, of course, true, claiming amnesty uh, uh, when, or asylum, I should say, when, of course, they're not asylum seekers, they're economic migrants, which is a different conversation, seeing what's happening in New York City, seeing what's happening um, in in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, across the country, that there would be a okay Let us together work a plan to make this better. That plan does not seem to be in the offing. Are there no Democrats willing to work at all on creating a safer border?
0: That is starting to wobble because when you get uh, the governor of New York and Mayor Adams saying, despite the fact that we were an open sanctuary city, we can't take it, and thank goodness uh, Governor Abbott uh, did something that at least wake some of these knuckleheads up, whether that's going to sink in in California. I think it's already apparent in places like Arizona. So I think that uh, pendulum is swinging back in favor of some type of border security. Now, who are you going to listen to? The Border Patrol, when I and about 16, 17 other Republicans were down there, shortly after Biden took over, they said clearly you're going to have to complete the wall in places where, It doesn't need much to get it done and add some in high traffic locations. And then throw more personnel and really show that you're going to do something about it. Don't let people come into the country uh, saying asylum when you know most of them are trying to leave a bad situation warranted for many of these places, but it's economic reasons. Biden has gamed it to where he thinks everyone coming in will benefit him down the road, the Democratic Party politically. And they are in, I think, now between a rock and a hard place. Because that was a big issue when I ran back in 18 for Senate. It is a bigger issue now because it's amounting to about 250,000 to 300,000 people a month between uh, actual greetings at the border in the gotaway category, which is now up to about 70 or 80,000. And they're not coming in here in a wholesome manner, Uh, they don't want to greet. And we're up to over 100 nationalities that are being brought in by the Mexican cartels, and they're paying a much bigger fee. It's got so many things that work against it if you've got any dose of common sense. And, yes, now's the time where we need to leverage it, and I still think it would be hard to get, at this point in time, too many Democrats in the Senate. On board.
1: When you talk Fancy. about people starting to wobble, maybe an opportunity. You go back to March when you uh, put forward uh, a bit of legislation that would prohibit the purchase of U.S. farmland by those associated with the governments of Iran, North Korea, China, and Russia. Uh, the idea of the Chinese buying land near U.S. military bases and 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 others, as being the Communist Chinese Party. Even Senator John Fetterman. Uh, In a kind of rambling statement, as often happens, discuss the fact that that our enemy should not be able to own land in the United States. You've got this introduced with Senator Tester of Montana in a very, very tough um, uh, reelection campaign in Montana. Are you starting to see move uh, on this legislation, the Protecting America's Agriculture Land from Foreign Harm Act?
0: Yes, because when you talk about uh, Tester and Fetterman, you're at each end of the political spectrum within their party And uh, geopolitically, it's very clear that China and their cohorts uh, are going to be the issue down the road. And why we would not do something to put a wet blanket on that uh, with the behavior that China has exhibited uh, in terms of trade in general. A lot of people are moving their supply chains out of there, and there's good reason to do it. That gets very complicated as well. But, no, that is a fairly... High-profile, significant bill that I think has a chance of uh, really gaining legs. Typically, it takes two or three Congresses, Tony, which is four to six years to get legislation of consequence through. This has got a chance of maybe moving more quickly.
1: Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, braun.senate.gov, also a candidate for governor in Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.